0: or do you really know what you're talking
2: about? Well, it's taken 82 episodes, but here we are. We're finally featuring a Romana
1: Mark I story. We are, and quite aptly, we're going to be discussing a Squid Game. Hey. Yes. <laughs> I'll probably be de- that reference will be dead by the time this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering, you know, do you think every time uh, one of us mentions the word crawl, we should do that silly little running on the spot Hand waving in the air thing, or oh, not.
1: Could do, yeah. uh, I I thought he was going to say every time we mention crawl, we take a drink.
2: No, 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 no. We would be plastered, wouldn't we? we? Would, yeah, or, yeah. or wetting ourselves, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, just a normal evening for me then. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Power, power, the power of crawl, or is it just power of crawl? I never know on
2: this I one. Think it's is power it of crawl. Is it power um, of crawl? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting. This one. It's not. It's, it, I've watched it a few times, and it's like I say, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. I, I quite like it, but when you watch it for the podcast, you you sort of you're watching it with a slightly more critical eye. I think, mm, yeah. Um, and this this does have have things wrong with it, but it also has a lot right with it. So yeah, hopefully we'll. Uh...
2: I th- I think if there was such a thing as a a, a missing episode tom baker's story this one would work all right on audio it's the visuals of so much of it that let this story down. yeah
1: i think if yeah if this if if the bbc had been wiping tom baker stuff and this just existed as an audio i think it would be thought much more highly of Mm. yeah the visuals i mean that that's sort of that sort of sums up this era of of doc 2 really doesn't it it's like the the visuals let it down the budget rampant inflation is killing the budget and it wasn't that high to start with no um but i can't fault them for their uh, their aim they're aiming high they're
2: aiming high but with yeah. not much money i mean you know this story starts in this base this refinery control yes. room um i don't mind the uniforms i quite i quite no, like I, them
1: I, th- I think they're all right they're they're in, i was looking at them because you know i'd like a bit of a uniform um and it, it's a weird choice of fabric, so they've got that sort of very, very soft, almost faux velvety collars that have been padded and that. And it's very strange. And then the, the tabard bit looks like it's a bath mat or something like that. It's that, it's that um, sort of embossed foam covering stuff you used to get like in, on kitchen tables and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it looks all right. The sets, the sets are very, very basic.
2: They're very basic and not yeah. well put together. If you look no, I mean, past late, the actors yeah. at the walls, oh, dear, idea. Oh yeah. dear.
1: Yeah, there's there's lots of um, sort of nail holes and bare wood. And uh, there's one scene which is just it's almost criminal, is when, later on when the Doctor's um, sort of sabotaging the missile and everything's wobbling. The missile's wobbling, the ladder's wobbling. That feels like something they knocked up in three minutes, mm. And he hits it with the hammer, and the whole thing caves in. It's like, oh yeah.
2: Um, I am not surprised yeah. to see that uh, the at the time the BBC's head of serials, Graham McDonald, he was so unimpressed by yeah. the set designs that he ordered that the designer a guy by the name of Don Giles was never to work on Doctor Who again. Really? Yeah.
1: I, it is very minimalist. Um, it does the job, and it. This series is helped greatly by all the location filming. This is uh, this is an unusual amount of location filming uh, that we than we normally get in Doctor Who, and the location is great. It's very unusual, isn't it? It's like a, a wet
2: yeah. And that was down to the director because he decided yeah. to give up studio time, condense the studio time yeah. right down to afford him more location work.
1: Yeah, I think that was a very sensible move. Mm. Because four episodes spent in that control room would have made this an incredibly dull
2: Yeah, if this was a base story. under
1: siege, yeah, proper oh, story, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it would not have worked very yeah. well. So much for Rome Dot. I
0: never did like gun runners. Fair enough. That's not Rome Dot. What do you mean it isn't Rome Dot? You told me, his hat and everything. I tell you, it is not Rome Dot. You shot the wrong man. Not quite. He shot the wrong man's hat, though. Well, That's uh, it taking me for a rogue, duck. Who are you then? Go on, tell us. What are you doing here? Well, a sort of survey I've lost my friend. Who sent you? Something must have happened to her. Well, look at the way those reeds are crushed. The swampies must have got her. The swampies, so they're the local tribes. Yes. They've never come so near the refinery before. They're getting bulled, aren't they? If they jump us here, we don't stand a chance. Listen, how do I get in touch with these swampies? Yes, sir. You're coming with us. No, 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 no. I'm looking for my friend. You see, she's important to me. I insist. There are a lot of very important questions yet to be answered. Will there be strawberry jam for tea?
2: Hmm? So these actors then, these three that we've got yes, to yeah. begin with. Of course, because we've car. got John Leeson.
1: Yeah, um, K-9. I think I believe I've read somewhere that he was given this role because K Nine couldn't appear.
2: Yep, that's why we had that short thing saying about he's got to yeah. stay in the Tardis, and yeah.
1: So we get John Leeson. He's always nice to watch. I like John Leeson. Good actor, very solid. Always plays this style of character. Um, we've got uh, Neil McCarthy.
2: Mm. Now, who uh, do you think of? When... Calibos. Do you?
1: Yeah, I think of him as Calibos from Clash of the Titans. No,
2: I think of another C word. Um, and that is Cat he's Weasel. Not that bad. Oh, Cat Weasel. Cat okay. Weasel, yeah, where he's oh, the right. farmhand yeah. in Cat Weasel, isn't he? Oh,
1: I wouldn't have remembered that.
2: Yeah, he's always talking he's, to Mr. Bennett. Yeah, Yeah,
1: he's a stalwart of British cinema and TV. Um, this, this is really interesting as well, because we also get, um, in a little bit, lovely, lovely Philip Maddock. Yes. Who is just brilliant. But I think Neil and Philip were miscast the wrong way round.
2: Ah, well, that's exactly what happened, because... Um, it was meant to be uh, Julian Glover in the role right. of Thorn. It was meant to be Julian Glover. That then it worked as well. Yeah. And then well. it was offered to Philip Maddock. Right. right? He would
1: have been
2: good, yeah. Uh, he would have been good, but for some reason uh, things got delayed and that. It was offered to Neil McCarthy, right? right? Then they got in touch with Philip Maddock to say, you know, this Doctor Who story and he accepted thinking it was still Thorn. He didn't realise that he is now, you know, know, Fenner. Um, And it wasn't until he went for rehearsals that he found out he wasn't the main uh, person. And I think that if you watch this story, a lot of the time it looks like Philip Maddox in charge. Or at least he's acting like he's in charge.
1: Well, Philip Maddox, he plays the Thorn style of character brilliantly. Someone that's in charge but is a little bit unhinged and turns out to be not quite... A wholesome character perfect for Thorne, whereas Neil McCarthy would have been good as the sympathetic, honest, he would have been better as Fenner, yeah, wouldn't he? A- yeah, absolutely. I think it would have worked 100% better the other way around. I mean, it's serviceable, it works because they're both good actors, but it just something doesn't quite gel in the way they're doing it. No, um, and that's interesting you say that about Philip Maddock because I did think he, t- he seemed unsettled throughout this.
0: Maybe he was just he's
1: pissed off. Yeah, well, that <laughs> could be it. Perhaps he was looking at uh, at Neil and going, "Oh that's my part. That I I, I, I don't know. I, yeah,
2: I don't know what um, pay rates are like. I don't know I if don't Neil know. McCarthy actually got more because it's, uh,
1: it's a, a more prominent role. Rate,
2: yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know.
1: know. It's mysteries of BBC uh, payments. <laughs> yes. I'd love to know though. Mm. I find that sort of thing fascinating. That how much did they pay people? What does an actor make? I find not not like the the big top end where they made 15 million a film or whatever. I like to know, like, the day-to-day acting, what they made. Mm. And I think, yeah, I, I do find that um, uh, really fascinating. Mm. Um, interestingly, we've got these three really well-known sort of actors, and then we've got this other guy who yeah. I don't recognise The, the other all.
2: guy. That's what, yeah, how I kept guy. thinking of him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he's the other guy, yeah.
1: And I, I, I was thinking... I wonder who's going to die first.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah he man. could have been wearing a red shirt, couldn't he?
1: He might as well have been, yeah. Yeah. As well have been.
2: yeah, when I chose Kroll, you, you, you know, I, I chose this story long before you uh, yeah. chose the mutants. I'd completely forgotten that this is another tale about colonialism.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah this is this is sort of a cross between um, classic British colonial, colonialism in, you know, the, uh, the great white rulers come over and... Um, Slightly abuse the natives, Um, but it's also very much a a Wild West. um, Someone's arm in the Apaches, and we want we want their land back. Type uh, type situation. Um, It's because it's a Robert Holmes script. I think it's probably one of Robert Holmes' least or lesser scripts. It doesn't quite gel into his normal, very clever, very witty script style. there's no double act in this
2: no there isn't there isn't um
1: and and the the and i I use the sort of inverted commas here the comedy all the comedy comes from what i think is the weakest other than the special effects the weakest certainly casting element which is tom baker mm. um i it's obvious at this point he doesn't give a shit
2: no Right. He
1: he, it's criminal. Actually, some of the stuff he's doing. You know, there's one scene where he's talking to um, he's talking to uh, Neil McCarthy, and he's just taking the piss. I don't know why the director didn't go. Well, other than the fact they couldn't afford it, but didn't go. Come off it. Yeah. We're taking that again.
2: Mm. They were all um, scared of him, I think. By this I think point, were not they? They were. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So we've got this base, and yep. you know, it's a,
1: it's a refinery for. Methane? methane, methane, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but they've, they <laughs> yes, <laughs> they've got, uh, they've got a, a ship. Uh, the scanners yes. show that a ship had followed Thorn because Thorn's just come back, hasn't he? Yes. Hiding in its shadow, and that, and Thorn's heard rumours that the sons of the earth are planning to arm the swampies. Um, yes. We find out later, you know, that he's behind it. But, um, but uh, that Fenner said that he saw a news report there's this person called Rom Dutt. Yeah. Um I don't like that name. It's it's instantly forgettable, Rom Dutt.
1: Yeah, I it it I don't i again I don't know what the original script in but Rom Dutt is the sort of name you give to your Egyptian esque villain, isn't it? In in a mummy film. Yeah. Um it, it when we finally see uh, um who I always think of Commander Leyland from Blake Seven, when we finally see him Glynn is it Glyn Johns? Glyn Jones? Is
2: it Glyn, Glyn something? Like yeah, it? Glyn... Jo- I think you're Glyn Johns or something Glyn like that, Jones,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, when we finally see him, yeah, he doesn't come across... Because he's he's so Irish, and you're thinking, I know this is in the future, but Dutt? Rom that, Dutt? Rom yeah. Is that a very Irish name? Um,
2: that should be a swampy but, name.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: Rankin should so. have been called Rom Dutt or yeah. something, yeah. But he's a gunrunner, isn't he? He and, is, yeah. So, and he's yeah, on the run gunrunner.
1: Yeah, we're, we're sort of, again... Coincidentally with with last week's, we're sort of at the at the the edge of the um, sort of the human expansion into uh, the galaxy, um, to the point where they've they've sort of hardly anyone's ever been to Earth. Um, the these people are on Delta Delta Magma or a moon of Delta Magma. Or yeah, Delta Minor, isn't it? Delta, Delta Minor, something like that. Yeah, it's um, very minor. <laughs> And yeah, the sons of the earth, they're sort of—they're people that want, they think humanity shouldn't have spread out and it should go back to earth. And I do like the line that, I can't remember who says it now, but one of the uh, control room guys says, um, well, none of them have even been to earth. They on yeah, the, that's old John that's Leeson at the end, I think. John Leeson, yeah. Tragically true of many uh, political uh, movement uh, that the people doing it have nothing to do with what it's about. Hmm. Um, Oh, this, I got in my notes here, we're on the third moon.
2: Oh, it's the third moon, right. Yeah, we
1: never see any of this, do we? We never see the other moons on no, the planet, or even the no. spaceships.
2: Well, it's meant to be a swamp, but it looks suspiciously yeah, yeah. like the Suffolk March, it Marshes to me.
1: Yes, it does. I, I do. I like this location, I really do uh, like it. The TARDIS land, so it doesn't we get a TARDIS land in. Um, and uh, we, we have our, our first glimpse, for us anyway, of... Um, Mary
2: Tam, the goddess, the goddess,
1: the, the goddess, Mary
2: Tam. I think yep. yes. I, 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 um, I, think. I think you and I are almost at Sulin level of gushing. I might, think um, we are. Yes. Might, might I start.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I much prefer this Romana. I do like Lala Ward, but I. This Romana is just. This is what a time lady should be. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally Call agree. Always have collected. done. Yeah. Yep.
2: I would. I would love to have seen. You know what she would have done in the Romana Mark II stories. Oh, I'd love yeah. to have seen her in, in in all of those tales. Especially oh, yeah. something like, you know, um, uh, State of Decay or something like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, oh, oh, can you imagine her getting slightly vampirised as a Hammer-esque Yeah, cool. Lady? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, she's brilliant. And uh, she's a great actress. Um, or was, sadly. Um, she died far too early.
2: Oh, absolutely, um. yeah.
1: But yeah, and I love it that her first sort of line is... Uh, is Talks about the Doctor that she, she thinks he's not right in the head. Mm. <laughs> I, I got to agree with you, dear, on this one.
2: Um, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a silly Fourth Doctor yes. story, and this is certainly a silly one. I've you know I berate a lot of new Who for silliness, yeah. but here we've got the Doctor um, licking his finger and knowing instantly where they are.
1: Yeah, to- Tom's even from this first scene, he's not taken any of this seriously, um, to the detriment of the programme, I think. Yeah, it's, it's weird that we've, because um, as we're recording this, we've literally, what, two days ago, had the uh, first episode in season 13, the new Jodie Whittaker, and a lot of the criticism is that it's, that the humour is too humorous, and it's a bit silly. And after, because I watched this uh, just before that, um, and I thought, yeah, I, d- I don't think silliness is something that you can apply just to New Who. No. As much as we would like to. Yeah, this. It
2: was there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, def definitely. It. De- I mean, it doesn't help as well that every other person in the cast is doing a bang up serious job. Like I say, it's an unusual um, Robert Holmes script in that there's there's, there's no real written in comedy. Um, but for some reason, Tom's playing it as broad, fast.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I don't think it would have been in the script, this whole, um, you know, Romana's just about to be captured, but yeah. uh, the Doctor sits down and decides to make a reed flute. Yeah. I no, think that's I, a Tom Baker.
1: Yeah, I, to the point where it's so silly that. I, I didn't know where the, the flute music, I thought it was Ron Dutt in the canoe playing it. Oh, that's weird. He's not playing. And then it cuts to Tom Baker, and he's just got a reed Yes. That he's cut into a flute. Why? I don't know. Aren't they just so...
2: meant to be looking for the key to time? You know.
1: Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't seem particularly interested. And I don't know whether that's the Doctor or Tom Baker in this whole key to time thing, does he? It's um, it, it's a very very lacklustre performance, I think.
2: Well, is that an ad-lib? Because, you know, Romana gets captured by Rom Dutt, you know, the Doctor meets Thorne, and he comes yep. out with the... Uh, will there be strawberry jam for tea? Um,
1: I think that's probably a Tom Bakerism.
2: Just as he's led yeah. away, isn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because they, they think they've shot him, and it turns out they just shot him through the hat. And, um, yeah, the Doctor's immediately joking and laughing. It's like you've, you've literally... An inch away from being shot in the head, mate.
0: Mm.
1: Shouldn't you? We we deserve the angry Tom. Yes. At this point, berating Thorn, but no, it's straight into quips and larks and japes of all sizes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do a little bit of exposition. These sort of in these early scenes, isn't there that that you have to be careful because this is the land of the swampies. Mm. Um, and they they build up these swampies that they're. Uh, these are magnificent warriors, like the Apache. Yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're that sort of. They uh, then we finally see them.
2: Oh, good lord! Oh, yeah, as I say, if this if this was a lost tale, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These, these wigs they're wearing, the knotted wigs, yeah. is that meant to be hair?
1: I don't think so. I mean, who knows? But I don't think so because if you look at it, it's all weirdly. It's almost. It's the same shape and. Uh, Texture as Kroll's head when we finally see him. Um, And I I don't know whether it's like a traditional headdress or whatever. It just looks stupid. It looks like an inverted um, tea cozy. Hmm, It does. Coupled with the green paint. Because this this is what's weird as well. They've covered the bodies in this green makeup and it looks alright, It looks quite good. It's matte finish. And then all the faces are done in this bright, shiny green.
2: Yes, especially around the mouth.
1: Yeah. And it. It looks so strange.
2: Do you think um, that, you know, maybe, yeah, the, the face has to have a different style paint because it could be toxic or something, it's too I dangerous, or it so. gives well, off I, fumes and it can make your eyes yeah. water or something?
1: Well, I know there's a there's a sort of a, a, a very clichéd story that comes out at all the conventions about this one, which is that they, they ordered this really expensive body paint, the green stuff, but then they didn't cut cost down they didn't bother ordering the stuff to remove it so they couldn't you couldn't get it off your body so i'm wondering if perhaps the body stuff is this waterproof paint because they have seen it and then for faces yeah they they perhaps use just grease paint or something
2: yeah Um, it it, it, I, i have it here it was a special water resistant dye ordered from germany but they failed to order the special dye remover. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, so that's good, isn't it?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it is an Apache thing, isn't it? Because Rom yes. Dutt's giving out all these rifles to yeah, help so, them.
1: Yeah, so, so we, we meet Rom Dutt, and he's dressed in traditional jungle gym mm-hmm. manner, which just doesn't fit this, really. It's like... Mm. And then he's, he's distributing weapons to them, but they're in like 1900 cases very much what you would order if you were told we're doing a Tarzan film and we're shipping it's that sort of thing and it doesn't fit anything else we see why is it so retro for the the rifle cases and his outfit
2: yeah I think if they weren't green the swampies weren't green this could be a scene from a Tarzan film
1: yes yeah it, it absolutely could it wouldn't take much to to change it over um yeah it, the the visuals so far are not really helping are they no location's good everything else is sort of okay
2: you say visuals yeah. i mean um, just before that we get our first you know exterior shot of the refinery oh this model terrible, yeah. this te- well, it's not it's not so what? bad at now but when yeah. at the end crow attacks it oh, oh dear. Yeah.
1: what's your view on why this doesn't work because i've got a viewing Yours probably would be the
2: same. Well, it's first of all, it's too small. So when the water is moving, yep. you can see it's far too small. It's not Correct, detailed yeah. enough. At no point do we ever see anybody get in and out of that refinery. And the yep. background doesn't bear any, any relation to the Suffolk marshes that the location work yeah. was done in.
1: Yeah, I think I, I agree. It's too small. And I wonder if that means... Because if I was shooting this, you shoot upwards. Mm you get below the level and you shoot upwards because it's like an oil rig and that's how you're, you, you, you're used to seeing oil rigs. The fact that it's a, a fixed off shot into this dingy sort of washing up tub full of water, it's, it's it looks awful.
2: It I does mean. look like it's in a washing up bowl. It does, yeah. Yes. I,
1: I mean, it almost looks like it's just been made out of a bit of sprue. I, rec- I reckon this isn't much past about eight inches across.
2: No, no.
1: I wonder if it was made, because we we do later on get a shot of Kroll laughingly attacking it. And I wonder if they made the Kroll.
2: I'll wait for behind the scenes, because I've got the actual dimensions of Kroll. So when you know that and then look at a photo, you can work out just how big it was. All right. Um, So, yeah, uh, yeah, they're giving out the rifles and they've got Romana and she's going to be sacrificed. This is the first time we ever hear Kroll. Crow is mentioned yes. for the first Crow time. Crow is
1: mentioned. Um, I think uh, Mary Tam works brilliantly with uh, Layman. Um, and I love his character. No, I, I, loved... I
2: just realised what yeah. you called him. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, that's what I think. What? I'm going to have to look up his name. It's Glyn something, isn't it? What's his name? Glyn. He was... Uh, uh, Glyn I'm Owen?
2: Quite, yeah, Glyn. That's him. He, he was... Yeah. Uh, he was um, uh, Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen. In, yeah. in Star Wars as well, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, now I love this. I think his characterization is is spot on here. That he's he's his accents a bit variable, but he's having a laugh, and I love his his um, sort of chemistry with Romana is brilliant. Much much better than Tom Baker's with yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy all the scenes that he's in. Um, it's a shame that he sort of disappears from the plot later on pretty rapidly but yeah they're going to um they're going to uh, sacrifice romana and then we get we cut and we get some really nice night shots yeah you know that, that it i mean it looks like proper night shooting rather than sort of day for night and it, it looks great this stuff but they're going to um i do like that they they mention about that they're going to throw into this pit and that uh, Kroll will appear. And it's very King kong This sequence, isn't I've
2: it? got it written down. I've yeah. got Kroll again, because they're just constantly yeah. running on the spot calling Kroll. King Kong gates on a budget, because that's yes. it. They, 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 it looks like an old fence from B&Q or something with these miniature... It's, it's like Spinal Tap when they want the Stonehenge stones to be made and they produce far too small. It's the same yeah. thing. They are King Kong gates, but, you know, yeah. on a minuscule budget.
1: Yeah, that's it's it's a sort of you you order what you think of King Kong Gates from Wish, and this is what you get, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah, it's very King Kong. Romana's the you know the Fay Ray character going to be taken in, um, and then we get. I mean, maybe Mar- Mar- time is great in this sequence, but then we get a um, a really nice, clever, and I this smacks of uh, Robert Holmes, a clever episode ending where we're expected to believe that this terrible, terrible uh, monster costume is the monster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that's really clever. I mean, it's dangerous ground to, <coughs> to tread, but I can imagine many a, a, a fan... Because, as I said, I never saw this first episode when it was on live. Um, well, on originally, not live. And I can imagine many a fan watching it going, Oh, God, another cheap monster costume. Yeah, very, very
2: clever. Yeah. I'm always surprised. By, uh, I mean, that's the end of episode one. Episode two starts with the yep. Doctor saving Romana by punching this person who's yeah. who's in a crab costume. I, I'm always surprised by that crab costume because it looks to me like it's from Hammer's film The Lost Continent where you've got these giant it crab, actually, crab yes, monsters because yes. you never see it properly and then it's gone. The, 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 the costume falls off and the guy runs away, doesn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, he gets ineffectively punched by Tom Baker and... Who the guy playing this part? He's sort of the um, John Abernethy's sort of right-hand man. Mm. Uh, he's terrible. <laughs> he's not putting much effort in, and he can't act being punched.
2: And he um, can't throw that rubber knife. The yeah. rubber knife just like bounces off the wall.
1: Yeah, that, that's quite embarrassing. Um, and yeah, I, I do. I I, I presume. Um, an ad lib, but it might have been in script, because it might have touches of Robert Holmes where the doctor says, um, well perhaps he was more convincing from the front. Um which I thought, okay, that's that's a line that, that way. So quite if that's good. Tom or Robert Holmes, well done. That, that yeah. that's the sort of humour we want. But then um they, they Romana's looking around and we get i have forgotten this in it, we get a Star Wars gaffe stick.
2: Gaffey stick, yep, there it is. Yeah. Just missing the yeah. bit of the missile on the end that uh, you know Yeah roger christians and, and this, stuck on it but yeah that's a yeah. genuine Gaffy stick another star wars know, connection yep
1: yeah. yeah it's just amazing isn't it that all the props were just because um, i i think a lot of the the star wars props were hired weren't they and then messed about with and then yeah but, back in to be hired by other people
2: yeah i um, for, for my son yeah. i made him a tuscan raider costume and yeah. I, I know the Gaffy stick the actual thing that romana's holding is a a an african weapon yeah it, it's a well, club it,
1: it, yeah, um, I think it's it, uh, it's very similar to the Zulu knob curry, mm. sort of. Basically, yeah, you just whack someone in the head with that, and it's hardened wood. It's fire hardened wood. But yeah, it's, it's you you see it, and it's like well... yeah, little, little touches, little touches.
2: Yeah, because this is the exposition scene, isn't it? Yes, um get, It was under running, so they've had yeah. they had all this talky stuff to yeah, just well, this, pad it out a
1: bit. It's astonishing from this point on how there is no plot or story. And everything is, you're, you're absolutely right about underrunning because the, the recaps are massively long. Yes. We, the episode, the story sort of ends 10 minutes before the program ends, but nothing really happens from this point onwards. You know, you get the Krull attack in episode four, but we get two episodes of almost pure padding mm. again. Um, very, very thin script. I don't know what has gone wrong. Um,
2: and what they've put in, I mean, yeah. this scene where the doctor's telling, you know, Romano all about it. I mean, he jumps down into that pit, oh, doesn't he? This is awful,
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: and he comes up with a book which is yeah, like, yeah. Uh, which tells you all about it being a sleeping crawl and how he has well, it, these sleepy cycle. Why is that it, book at the bottom of the pit?
1: Well, it, this, this is, it makes no sense. So he, he looks down and he goes, oh, there's a, um, there's like a, a an underground sewer pit. What, in this marshland? So he jumps down and it's perfectly dry. And he picks out this book, and it's it's been made. It's just an old, like thick Bible or something. And then they've stuck a few pages in the front that don't even match the right size to the book. And he opens the first page, and it tells him everything he needs to know about. But what's the rest of the book about? Yeah, that's a good. He's not point. even yeah. flicking through it. Yeah,
2: we've also found out a lot pad in. <laughs> We also found out earlier yeah. that um, this crawl thing most probably was. Uh, a squid, which was yes. brought along when they first colonised the place. Well,
1: they, they keep saying it's a squid, a giant squid. Yeah, they brought it along to get, because when they, the, the swamp is originally on Delta Magma, and then they were relocated in a very uh, sort of um, Apache-type way uh, to this settlement, and then they've discovered uh, gold, but in this case it's methane, smelly gold, um, so they want the land back. So it's classic um, Wild West film. But then they they say that uh, oh we we bought a few giant squid just to keep the natives happy. <laughs> but Kroll doesn't look like a squid.
2: No, I don't know how, why why would that make the natives happy having a giant squid?
1: Well, they mention that they they worship this giant squid. They worship Kroll the giant squid before they came to this wet moon. So so luckily I suppose that in a very sort of uh, termination way. They were swampy people before they came to the swamp. I guess so. Yeah,
2: I guess so. I don't understand this book that's just at the bottom of the pit. Old Rankin seems quite a fervent, you know, believer. You'd think he'd be looking after that book.
1: You think so? Yeah. And they finished this exposition scene and it is literally just Tom Baker looking at the camera going, this is the plot. Mm. And he just tosses it down the thing. It's like the contempt. Yes. And yeah. I, I wonder if Tom Baker did if, if you're right in saying that this was like a last minute edition, which we all know Tom Baker didn't like, things like that. Mm. Uh, I wonder if yeah, this is he, he's he's annoyed at this point. Mm. Yeah, he just tosses it down. Never mentioned again.
2: Nope. <laughs> nope.
1: We don't need to know. And then they they basically just wander off.
2: They wander Um, off, and then it's the next day, and that's the first time we see our boy. It's the first time we see Kroll, the biggie, um, in this unfortunate effects shot that we're going to keep seeing, where the top half of the picture is the model of Kroll, and the live action is at the bottom, with a very uh, striking demarcation line horizontally, dividing the image into two.
1: It's terrible, because the Doctor and Amana try and escape and they get into a canoe and as they're paddling away the uh, swampies are going to kill them and yet our, our boy appears um, and nothing about this works I mean it was worse on the original and the VHS because the DVD has at least had it all stabilised because it's that classic in camera mixing of video and film. Mm-hmm. And film moves yeah. and video doesn't. You so have a you've gate this... judder, don't you? Oh it's hot. yeah, yeah. film doesn't our eyes allow for it and we don't think it's moving. But yeah, the gate judder causes each frame to be slightly different position But when you when you put a video overlay over it, oh God it's so obvious. It looks awful. On the D V D they stabilised it or it looks a bit better. But the um the demarcation line is perfectly straight yep they've not made any attempt to sort of
2: well they couldn't they couldn't um again behind the scenes um i'll, I'll fill you in on that um mm. so i mean episode two is you know they've been they've been captured the dr yep. romana
1: after a massively long recap I yes. a three minute recap.
2: Yep. Oh, we forgot to say that Hag, who's the fourth guy in the oh, yes, uh, in thing, yeah. he's been got at, hasn't he? He's yes. been attacked by a tentacle in a pipe.
1: Yeah, he's been grabbed by the tentacle. Yes. It's not a nice way to Painful. go. Painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was right. The unknown <laughs> red shirt died. Um, who would have thought? Tentacle to death.
2: The thing is about hog's death, right? We, we're yep. later going to find out that Kroll hunts by. Uh, movement. If there's movement, yes. um, he detects you. But that tentacle hasn't presumably got ears. How does Kroll who's like down at the bottom of the swamp and sends a tentacle down a pipe, know that there's a person in that room?
1: I don't know. I don't know how Kroll Because the other thing, of course, when we see Big Kroll, he's got none of these tentacles like this.
2: John Leeson says yeah. there's 30 tentacles on one side. We yeah. see about four. On yeah, that model, luckily don't we, we. Don't see
1: that side. But yeah, I don't know how he managed to navigate this pipe to know at the end of it would be a guy in the room. Because literally, two minutes before, that guy wasn't in that room.
2: No, and he wasn't making much in the way of noise, no, either.
1: No, it's, um it's a bit silly. And then someone does say, sucked out by the monster. Like, I laughed because I'm a smutty person. <laughs> All right,
2: so episode three, we yes. have this... uh we go. I, I always forget about Escape this. Escaping and and Capture. Capture. But, yeah, it starts with the Doctor and Romana and Rom Dutt tied to a pallet uh, with some plastic creepers.
1: Yes. So, yeah, the swampers the have caught them again. Um, and they decided that, you know, they, they were going to sacrifice Romana. So they might as well, you know, don't throw away a good idea. So they've got another sacrifice, and doesn't he said something like sacrifice number seven? And even yes. Tom Baker goes, what, you know, like, how many, what? Number seven, how many have you got? Um, and it, yeah, this involves on a planet where there's no buildings, yep. only mud huts and reed huts. I mean, it looks like reeds are the only thing you can build out on. Uh, for some reason, we're in a stone cave type building. Um, yeah, they're, they're laid on a, a an old pallet with their hands tied loosely above their heads not stretched out no in a quite comfortable looking position and their feet are in like stocks and then reeds have been these creeper reed things vines have been tied around it and as they dry out they shrink and it will eventually after about 18 weeks (laughs) snap your spine and it's quite laughable this whole sequence um,
2: I I don't understand. I mean, there, there's a window up on high, yes. isn't there? A, yeah. a glass window. Where have they got the glass from? Yes,
1: on a planet with no other. Thing. Yeah, they're, they're in a, a stone room with a glass manufactured window. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. But we're finding out more <laughs> information that Kroll's power was a holy relic. There's this holy yes. relic which gave Kroll his power, which had been brought to the to the moon, and. Um, The Doctor tries uh, hypnotising Rankin, but it doesn't work, because according to the Doctor, you can't hypnotise people with narrow little eyes.
1: Yeah, and and again, quite a nice scene, quite clever, and Tom Baker totally misplays it. Yeah. To my mind, anyway. I know a lot of people like this era of Tom Baker. Um, Yeah, it's quite a clever thing, because we think he's just talking rubbish, but he's actually trying to hypnotize him, but Tom Baker's put in no effort. No, for a man with such hypnotic eyes, it's almost I, I think he's consciously made the decision not to play it like he's trying to hypnotize someone. No,
2: because Which, you don't know yeah. that's what he was trying to do until he says that he was trying yeah. to hypnotize him. It's like, Oh, were you Tom? Okay, uh, yeah, we also well, found mm-hmm. that Thorne has paid for the guns, hasn't yes. he? Because he wants yeah, to kick so off this war.
1: Yeah. So again, classic, classic. Uh, there, there is a film I've, I've watched a film recently, a, a western film, classic sort of nineteen fifties one, and this story is exactly the same. But it's about they've given they've given uh, rifles to the uh, the Native Americans and booze, of course, because you know only only good old white men can handle booze. Um, and this is the same thing. And so Thorn is, he's hired Ron to to ship them weaponry that is rubbish and won't work so that he can then have the excuse to wipe out these 15 swampies that are stopping him um it's all it's all a bit convoluted isn't it it's like i reckon you could just accidentally run them down in your hovercraft (laughs) this Mm. entire village
2: oh yeah we haven't talked about the hovercraft these swampies you say these 15 swampies um is there such a thing as a female swampy. We
1: don't see any.
2: We don't see any. Do you think they're yeah. just like, you know, they just, you know, they that they, they, they don't reproduce in the way that a human would. They just happen to look like humans. It maybe. could be.
1: Or Captain Kirk's come down and taken all the green women. <laughs> oh, oh, oh
2: you, yeah, you're yeah. saying old yeah. uh, Jig was a...
1: I think Vina was a swampy. Yeah.
2: She was a swampy. It's-
1: it is that's a, that's a really good point I've never thought about that for this era of doctor who where they did like to put a, a, a scantily dressed guest star in somewhere for the dance um yeah I'm surprised they didn't go with that
2: Romana's the only female in yeah, the whole story Yeah
1: She is yeah mm. Perhaps they thought no one else could compare Hmm you know
2: Well well yeah I, I might have had two of her agreed yeah. Um we we're, we're getting unfortunate moments now because the first unfortunate moment is when and fast, yeah, yeah. First of all, we've got the storm arrives and we've got this yes. not very convincing uh, waves going around that refinery model. That's not too yes, good. So someone,
1: some, someone's wobbling the uh, the washing up bowl. Um, it looks awful. But yeah, this storm comes out of nowhere. Again, this is pure filler. Storm comes out of nowhere, um, which is a storm that is uh, is really dangerous. I do like Philip Maddock's... Uh, well, it is the stormy season. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, but luckily, luckily that means it's raining and, and the Doctor's got an idea. He which has. Which I have to say is possibly the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in Doctor Who.
2: I have completely forgotten that this scene where yep. he uh, actually shatters that glass. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, this, this
1: whole scene is awful because you've got you got poor old uh, Glynno in and Romana acting their hearts out, going, Oh, I'm in pain when they're obviously not even stretched. I mean the the bottom bit is not even pulled tight on their boots. So it looks awful. Tom Baker's not even pretending that any of this makes any sense. I sort I sort of probably don't blame him. But then he decides that if he sings the right note he can shatter the mm-hmm. the glass, which will let the rain in, which will then allow the uh the the creepers to expand again and it's just it's it's awful
2: i had never heard of dame yeah. nelly melba i
1: i think she didn't she did she, didn't she um invent the peach melba or a chef invented the peach melba before after that's her. about all i know yeah Named well, after
2: no her. i looked her up and she she's an awesome uh, uh, an australian opera singer. opera singer from victorian times yeah. hmm Never heard but, of
1: her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the Doctor shatters the glass um, and then pretends to, uh, to untie himself and untie the others and doesn't put much effort into it. Um, what's really amazing with this scene is because we're in a studio and we know that studios don't like water. Yeah. Normally when they have a water effect, they have to go off to E-Link. But this is, I mean, they're, they're absolutely flooding this set for no real reason.
2: And it's on video, so yeah, presumably it's, video. it's a television centre, isn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it's its really unusual. I'd like to know where it's filmed and why why they got away with it. Um, mm. Yeah, it, there's water everywhere. But yeah, luckily they uh, it means they can escape.
2: Yeah, and, and they run outside. Again. And yeah. again, something I forget is uh, the death of Rom Dutt is just, oh, yeah, just over like, and done with.
1: Yeah, he gets uh, again. He gets grabbed by the tentacles, and dragged off. Um, I was sad to see him die. To be fair, I like that character. Although he had nothing to do for the last episode, um, yeah, he he gets killed Um, again. Another episode ending where its crawl appears. This is yeah. They were really proud of this effect, weren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't (laughs) know why. I don't understand. I mean, this is almost at the end of episode three. I mean, Rom Dutt dies because, you know, the doctor said, stand still. It's based on movement. He runs for it. He dies. But then the doctor and Romana just leg into a canoe. Yeah. And start canoeing away.
1: It's very silly. So a whole episode has gone past and we're in the same exact same situation as we was in at the end of episode two. Like that entire, th- if they were gonna, if they were gonna release this as one of the first early ones that they wanted to edit, they could have easily got this down to an hour. Yes, And you wouldn't really have minded it.
2: Yep, because that's the end of episode three. You know, crawl in this unfortunate shot yes. appearing yet again. But the resolution to it in episode four is they just stay still.
1: Yeah, they stay still and crawl. And he goes accident. away. Yeah, um, and then we get um, uh, uh, Thorn decides that. They, they, they send up automated, regular shipments of, of, weirdly, 100 tons of hydrogen peroxide. I thought they were mining methane, but... Yeah, I, I thought They're it was a methane this... refinery. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And so he's he's sort of come up with this idea that while, while Kroll is minging about the village, he's going to drop the rocket on it, and it will wipe everyone out yes. at once... Um, so yeah, so he's he's setting up the the rocket to launch um, to uh, to to kill them all. Is this the, I can't remember whether this is the point where uh, John John Leeson dies. Yeah, yeah. I, I My mean, notes I, get very sparse. I think I was losing well, rapidly losing confidence. Yeah, in,
2: in a very spirit. crap way, yeah. Dugain is knocked out by Thor. Yes.
1: Oh, that's it. Yeah, a BBC karate chop. Yeah,
2: you know. which knocks <laughs> him out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, we cut to the doctor who's trying to disarm yeah. that very wobbly rocket as he's touching the control thing oh, on it's, so, its side. The yeah, whole thing right. is, it, yes. is wobbling. It's awful. Yeah, and that's when Thorne kills Dugain.
1: Yes, that's it, should, yeah, because Doug Ean is going to abort the rocket and thorn, which is quite funny, but he, he sort of says, uh, if you don't, I'm going to kill you, then he kills him. And then Philip Maddox going, you murdered him. He goes, I warned him. It's mm. fine. It takes the curse yeah. off. Mm. Perfectly cu- legal if you sell them and are going to kill you.
2: We cut back to the doctor who's nobbled the rocket yeah. and, yeah, yes. he, he jumps off the ladder and then the whole wall behind him oh, wobbles yeah. as well.
1: This is, you know, Doctor Who's got a, a reputation of all being wobbly sets. This is the era it's strong. Mm. It's not, it's not the black and white era. Right? It's this. The the budgets are just not there. The crowd. I don't think the BBC were craftsmen at that point. They were just union workers. Yeah. And were doing the minimum they could. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, Kroll does what Kroll does. He attacks the rig. Oh,
2: he? good lord! Well, just before he attacks, mm. Thorn is killed quite bloodily, isn't he? You know, we see quite oh, yeah, a bit yeah, of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Crow at the refinery, um, everything goes yeah. very wobbly on that. And I am sure one of his tentacles is touching like, you know, uh, uh, a storage container. I'm sure that's a deodorant bottle or something. Yeah, you watch it, 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 keeps, it keeps going at yeah. a 45 degree angle. I keep wanting it to just fall on its side. It's yeah, not it's, the best of effects, it's, it's,
1: is it? It's, it's terrible, to be honest. It doesn't, it's not convincing at all. Um, it, even slightly stupider, is at this point, because um, we, they've tried to flesh out a few of these characters, and John uh, Abenari's character, he's like the head swampy, so we could kind have of had a nice sort of um, a nice sequence of him doubting his faith and questioning, and we all we get is like a couple of lines, and then he decides to self-sacrifice himself to the tentacle that's decided to come up the same pipe, It keeps coming up this pipe. <laughs> I mean, literally, crawl, you're outside. Why are you going back under with your tentacle? I don't get it um, but yeah he kills uh, he kills P- the head swampy
2: Poor old John Albany uh, I mean uh, you know he, he's, he's acting in front of this rubber tentacle yeah. calling it master and everything Oh dear
1: because he's a you know he, he's a good actor he's appeared in some prestigious stuff
2: Well he's uncle um, Ashton
1: isn't he yeah exactly yeah and he, you know he was in survivors he's a really good actor. And he did a lot of stage stuff as well. Can you imagine him turning up and it's like, yeah, we're going to paint you green. What? we will
2: okay. put a mop on your head.
1: We're going to put a mop on your head. Oh, okay. Uh, and how does my character die? Well, you're going to be attacked by this tentacle. Can you wrap it round yourself? Make it look convincing. I mean, we're on, we're in Bella Lugosi, Ed Wood territory here, aren't we? Of embarrassing deaths for this guy.
2: It is really bad. Yeah. I mean, they reversed it, haven't they? It's a reverse yeah, shot, you that's know. Classic so. reverse shot. Oh dear. Mm. Uh, yeah. Bless him. Yeah. He's so gone. so that's um, him gone. Um, yeah.
1: We learn the doctor's age. Seven hundred and sixty.
2: Did he say seven hundred and sixty? He did. Yeah, seven
1: hundred and sixty. Yeah, I'm well, sure that contradicts every other time. Of course he's given it his will. Age, yeah. But,
2: and he says yeah. to himself for some reason, "Well, I've had a happy life." Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, this, this um, uh, battle with the tentacle. Um, that was because the episode was under as well right. he was meant to just you know get the tracer and transform Kroll into the segment but yeah they've had to like you know pad it out with a bit of a tentacle which they do I um, think
1: they should have padded it out by having the characters stop and make a cup of tea yes and just have them sit around yeah <laughs> waiting.
2: I don't understand how you can have a monster that's a mile across yeah. turn it into the fifth segment, just like that.
1: Yeah, well, we, we get this sort of embarrassing shot, so the Doctor goes up onto... Um, I, I mean, it looks like it's external and filmed outside. It's a
2: boatyard or something oh, at, where, um, yeah. at, at, down at, on the Suffolk marshes there, yeah.
1: Oh, right. And they, they've built this sort of five-foot-by-five-foot five section of crawl. Um, but yeah, the doctor just touches it with the tracer, and we get some video effects on the puppet, and it turns into the the tiny little crystal. Mm. But at the same time, to distribute the mass, it's created thousands of thousands of completely different looking little shrimp, uh, little squid. Yeah, that's, I don't know how that works.
2: That's a little squid, the one they yeah, find at the nothing, very end.
1: Yeah, it's nothing like what crawl is there.
2: Yeah, the segment, I suppose, changed him. Yeah, but I mean, that's—I mean, really—that's the story over, isn't it? But because it's under running, you've got to have a countdown thing, and the doctor's got to stop the countdown.
1: And it's this is this this feels ad lib this whole section, doesn't it? Because it's just it's just slightly embarrassed BBC actors huddled round a very cheap BBC desk discussing how to abort a rocket launch, Um, and. Tom Baker just opens like this makeshift hatch, pulls out a wire and cuts it. It's just, it, it's so cheaply done and it does nothing. It adds nothing to anything. No. Um, yeah, just filler, filler, filler.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, they go back to the TARDIS and uh, yeah. stay back K9 to just let you know that K9 yes. is still on board. And that's still the right. end of Maybe it. Well, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's um, not very good, is it?
1: It's not, I mean, I remember when I watched the episodes two to four when it was originally on. I love this. This was right up my street because I love a big old monster movie. Um, and at, at that age, you don't really worry too much about crap special effects and disgruntled lead actors and stuff like that. Um, and I think my nostalgia for it and the fact that I do love a good bad movie means this is a guilty pleasure but by any objective standard it's not good
2: no and the doctor's not good i
1: mean the the doctors the doctors i think that from all of the ones we've watched so far this is the one where he annoyed me not the doctor but tom baker annoyed yeah because we've had it before where he gets into a little bit of a peak and he does and you get sometimes it's gold like when he's annoyed throughout horror fang rock works perfectly but this is... He's hes obviously annoyed or done something. And he's decided just to send it all up. Because mm. um, I, th- I think it was around now that didn't... Graham Williams say, it, it's him or me. Um, one of us goes. And they went, see you, Graham. Yeah, bye. Yeah, and I think that's the wrong thing. I think this, this actor's got too much power.
2: Yes, um,
1: yeah. And no one, no one can say... You're, you're putting in a terrible performance here, Tom. Which is a shame, because everyone else is really putting their all into it. I mean, yeah. it's not the greatest script in the world. The effects are not great, but all the rest of the cast are really good. Mary Tam is excellent in it. Mom. I just... I Absolutely... Because I, I, while we're doing this, we I, I don't know about you, but I don't watch any other Doctor Who other than the one we're doing, because we're doing this weekly... And one a week is probably enough to watch with all the other stuff we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't generally dip in and out now because it's at some point we'll be covering the story.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm the same.
1: Yeah. So so for a couple of years now, I've not watched, gone back and watched much Doctor Who that we're not doing for this. And I'd I'd absolutely forgotten just how brilliant Romana one is. She she uh, she yeah. was great, wasn't she? Yeah. And I remember I remember I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. I, I, you know, I just, I thought, it's like, this is, this is like Aphrodite beauty, isn't it? It's yeah, amazing.
2: goddess, like goddess I say, goddess
1: beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a revelation. Like, so, and everyone else is doing an okay job. But I, it's like, so, Tom yeah. that's ballsing it up. Yeah, yeah. He's not taking it at seriously.
2: And Which the is thing all, is...
1: Almost unforgivable.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and what's ironic about that is, is that um, it was Anthony Reid who asked Robert Holmes to write the story, and yeah. uh, there were two requirements they wanted from him for the story. One, that it was that it has the largest monster in Doctor Who's history, oh, right. okay. and also he had to minimise the humour, because right. they were realising oh, it was getting too silly. Yeah. So, yeah, so... But unfortunately, the lead actor, when he goes out onto location and in the studio, decides to uh, be very, very silly.
1: Yeah, he's injected humour where there isn't. That does explain why, it's, like I say, it's not the normal Robert Holmes sort of witty script. It's no. very, very straightforward and sort of one-layered. He's, um, he, he has
2: said that, uh, yeah, this story was his least favourite, one yeah. that he wrote for the show. Um, because he, he said, I knew we would be up against it because you know uh, you can't have a, the largest monster ever because you haven't got the budget to do it.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, I think that there's ways they could have done it, but I just don't think all things being equal, this is probably the best they could do at the time. Um, I remember the novel, I remember really enjoying the novelization because um, it's classic, sort of like say, almost base under siege. You know his it's classic characters. I remember enjoying the book um but yeah it's it's definitely one to you know, have a couple of beers and watch it with your mates. Or yes,
2: something. yeah, yeah. It's not it's not the, yeah. the sort of story where I think, oh, I want to watch a Tom Baker. What one shall I yeah. watch and, no. and, and look along? That, that's not going to jump out at me.
1: Yeah, you're not going, oh, Pyrrhus and Mavs? Okay, um, uh, Brain of Morbius? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, Power of the Crawl. Oh, yeah. Go for that one. It's also not the story you would introduce one of your loved ones to watch stock two for is it you no. you wouldn't you wouldn't go uh, like Annalise has never watched stock two before you go I know the story together it's get the in.
2: quintessential this'll, one yeah no
1: this will no. get her, uh, her interest peaked. <laughs> yeah that's uh, not
2: no not at all
1: I would you rather watch this or Horns of Nyman
2: Horns of Nyman
1: I think I think Horns of Nyman has got more enjoyment levels
2: we've got to go back and reassess some of our votes, you've mentioned this before I think we've been a bit harsh on some of the stories (laughs) um, other behind the scenes I've got, I I couldn't spot it but you know, we've got Leyland did you say uh, in this, but apparently some of the control room bits and pieces were reused from Blake 7 All
1: right I mean it's it's a very um, it's a very traditional sparse control room so it, it could well be i was when when there's several scenes in this where and it just it, i just thought at the time this is what bbc sci-fi was for a long time and it? it's just middle-aged white guys staring at computer monitors talking about things you're never going to see mhm um, and this is classic for it yes i so it'd be nice if one of the controls was off the uh, the london off the
2: london that would be good yeah, yeah. Um, And then I've got quite a lengthy quote from um, Tony Harding, one of the special effects bods at the BBC at the time, all about Power of Crow. As I say, this is quite a lengthy quote, but he he offers up some good snippets. He says, right, here we go. The Crow monster was a fantastic model built by Steve Druitt. The creature's head had a diameter of about two and a half feet. Right? So there you go. If his head was two and a half feet wide that makes that that model i I reckon about a foot and a half
1: yeah foot and a half tops
2: yeah say about 18 inches across that's not big yeah um and and then it says uh two and a half feet and when the tentacles were laid out the thing measured 12 feet from side to side it took three people to animate the model which was controlled by rods and levers connected to cables hidden inside the body. There was also a fourth operator constantly pumping water through Kroll's mouth to represent drooling. The idea was to film the actors on location in the foreground and then shoot the monster on our model stage in the background. The cameraman, uh, what was his name? Hang on a 2nd I've got another piece of paper. The cameraman, uh, Martin Patmore, okay apparently he had never done any sort of effects photography before and uh, Tony goes on to say um, the cameraman allocated had never produced a split screen before and was given the wrong technical information on how to achieve it he blacked out the redundant half of the camera lens whilst filming the relevant material and hoped the laboratories were going to combine and soften the edge of the two they couldn't do it so we were left with a dead straight edge where the model combined with the live-action so there you go. He, on right. on location, actually physically masked off the top half of the frame. So there's nothing they could do about it. They couldn't do anything yeah, about it at it, all.
1: It. Because now you were just um, a few clicks of a mouse and you could fix that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they just... Just couldn't do it back then.
2: Yeah. Tony's last bit, he says, some of the handguns in the story had to be practical, so to save time, yeah. we built them around standard blank-firing guns. We made up some yeah, futuristic attachments that. and just slotted these onto the barrel of each gun. There yeah, you the gun,
1: I quite like the guns in this. And the handgun is nice, but, yeah, you can see it's just a, a standard um, automatic pistol. Yeah.
2: What's Sorry, good again. about them, though, is because they are real blank-firing guns. They've got heft. They've got yeah, weight. It's exactly, not just yeah. an old bit of plumbing pipe, yeah. is it? You know. Yeah,
1: which is normally what lets down the BBC gun in it is. There's no heft to it.
2: No, no. All right. So that's behind the scenes. So all right. Let's talk Kroll. Let's put him on yep. the, the list. This will be the biggest caravan, I guess, uh, yeah. in the caravan park. The way uh, we
1: left. It'll have to be... Uh, I reckon this this will be the, the uh, swimming pool of the
2: caravan park. Yeah, yeah. I'm just
1: going to pop crawl into it.
2: There could be a manky old lake that the caravan be, park yeah. is at yeah. the side of, and, and that's where he dwells. Yeah. All right, so the design of Kroll. Um, I guess we've got to not only talk about the big head thing, but, you know, the tentacles that come through yeah. the B&Q fence from time to time and out of that <laughs> <laughs> pipe. It's a
1: weird privet hedge, isn't it? Like, Oh,
2: that or... is really strange, um, yeah.
1: The actual design... I mean, I'm assuming the design and, and look like the model. The model and the design is really nice. It's really detailed. Mm. It's got it's got good movement. Um, I do like the sound effects as well. But yeah, it's a good it's a good model. I think the designer crawl is fine. Um, so I, yeah, I I think design wise, I'm I'm going to give it a healthy seven.
2: Snap. So often you and I snap. I, you well, know, our yeah.
1: brains. Are, yeah, our brains are addled at the same point. Yeah,
2: I they? really like him. I really mm. like the look of him. I like his mouth area and everything that's yeah, going on there. I think
1: so. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those where it draws you in. And you think, oh, I'd like to see more. What, what is that a mouth? Is that are they like teeth? Is that like a, a, a squid's beak? What's going on? Are those bananas around sure his
2: are lips? They um,
1: yeah, I would like to. See more. I'd love to see a little model of this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Eagle Moss might produce yeah. one one day. Um, but then, of course, you know, as good as he looks, how yeah. effective is he when we see it
1: up there? Um, he's not effective at all, is he, really? I, I'm, he's going to have to go to a very a very mediocre and below average four.
2: A four. Oh, I, yeah. I gave it a two. Did because you, it, oh, it's ju- it's just it's not convincing you can no, see oh that's it. a terrible uh, uh, effect there yeah. um, and those tentacles are just not convincing either
1: yeah I, I uh, yeah I, I, okay I'm going to drop mine to a three I think four was too generous being as uh, what we've scored some of the others, because we were very cruel to Nyman, weren't
2: we? We were. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a look in a um, minute and see where yeah, Nyman see is on he, this see list.
1: He, see if he gets a, a, a re-kicking up the list. Um, yeah, a, a three I think then is, is fair. Alright, so that's right.
2: two and a half yeah. for effectiveness. Let me just have a look on effectiveness and just see if we got a two and a half. This is just effectiveness, this isn't, yeah. you know, the, the final adversary caravan. Two and a half on effectiveness, uh, Terry Leptal yeah. uh, and the Eaters of Light. Uh, were 2 and a
1: they? Oh, that was that um, Peter Capaldi one, wasn't it? Scottish. That's right, oh, what, yeah. What the hell were they, though? I can't even remember what they were. When They they were they were like weird tentacle dragon-y things, weren't they?
2: Yes, they, oh yeah, they were. The fact yeah. that I can't remember
1: the bloody things probably tells you what you need to know.
2: Oh, yeah. Alright, so that's two-and-a-half and a seven, you divide them that to, uh, in two, and it's 4.75 all right. Yes, we have okay, a so caravan. Just below
1: average, yeah, that's fair.
2: Yeah, well, we've got a caravan for him. Okay. Uh, Who's he
1: swimming next? Who? caravan? Is he swimming next? Well,
2: you've either got to try and cram him into this caravan, or they are now living with him on the lake or something. Okay, so yep. we have got um, the Vespi form.
1: Okay, giant wasp. Yeah, Ooh, with a giant. So we've got a giant wasp and a giant, giant squid.
2: and then we've got a giant eyeball because we've got prisoner zero. Oh, uh, well, no, he's not the giant eyeball, is he?
1: Oh no, he's the he's the, he's the, the thing the with all the teeth. Snakey
2: thing, yeah. Yeah, and Ooh, it's not a very nice caravan, this, is it? It uh, no, and um, yeah, I think our last um, uh, inhabitant of it is is not making it any better. It's Tekka. Oh right. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm not going to visit this caravan. No. I'm no. going to cross the road actually to walk past it. I think, think
2: Tekka's got a bigger ego than Kroll. Kroll. I think so. Yeah.
1: It's
2: an ego, don't you think? Yeah, that's not a nice caravan. No, no. I, uh,
1: yeah. I think I think that's a, I think that's a fair place for him with those others.
2: Yes. Um. All right. So yeah, it's not in your top ten. And um, I guess it's not in your bottom three.
1: No, no, definitely
2: not. You're annoyed um, by Tom, but not to the extent you'll yeah. go on your. He, do, he
1: doesn't, he doesn't ruin the story, but he is, he is annoying in it. Um, but um, I think it's got, it's got enough enjoyable things in it that oh, I, I, I would have no qualms about watching it again.
2: Hmm. Well, yeah, you're just thinking about Mary Tan.
1: I am. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, so that's you it. That's power crawl. You see, you don't have to worry about
1: it wearing out. Um, yeah, power crawl.
2: All right, power crawl done. So yes. we move on to the fifth Doctor, and it's your turn to it choose is, the yes. fifth Doctor this um, time.
1: Now, weird. Um, yeah. So again, th- th- this is going to be our season of uh, of far flung colonies. So it's a, a colony. Is it Frontios? It is. Yes. I was going to say. I, I thought if I say something about Blake Seven Guards, you'll get it straight away. <laughs> yes, Frontios. Yeah. So it's the uh, Gravis and the Tractators, which does sound like a terrible folk band, doesn't it? Yes. You'd go to a pub and see while drinking real ale. Nice.
2: Yes. yes. Well, um, you know, in in the space of only three episodes, I've got to go back onto Amazon because I've never seen it. Have you never seen it? Nope. I, w-
1: I thought, given it's Blake Seven, links.
2: I think it, it, I think when it, I f- did start seeing bits it, from Blake Seven in it, that I think that put me off it even more, wanting to watch it. Really, and I know it this will one. Upset you. This yeah. is the thing with the like a slug creature yeah. thing, isn't it? They're
1: like um, they're like woodlouses.
2: Yeah, it's the, it's sort a relation of, yeah. of the terileptil or something. Yeah,
1: I, I I think if you didn't like the terileptil, the terileptil is Giga's alien compared with the the <laughs> okay
2: now i know something of this story i've never seen right. it but I, I know of it so uh, it's not like the mutants where i'm going in totally blind yeah. so
1: yeah it'll it, be really interesting i i just assumed you'd have, uh, have seen it nope. but yeah it'd be really interesting because um this this is yeah this is definitely um good and bad parts in this. So I wonder if your good parts will match my good parts and your bad parts will match my bad parts.
2: Well, we've got a week to find that one out. Yes. Well, I've got a week and to also, order it and it, find it in,
1: out. Interestingly, we're going from a something filmed almost entirely on location to uh, a story that has no location filming right. whatsoever. Is this the one with Lisa Goddard in it? Uh, no. No? No, Le- Lisa Goddard was the um, Terminus one. Which we did with the gown. Oh, blimey, I'd forgotten are, that. <laughs> you, yeah, I was going to say, we, we, that wasn't that long ago. Unless, unless you're thinking of someone else's Lisa Goddard. Who am I thinking of? Isn't there someone? You, some, some woman with big hair in this oh. one? Um, it's... It, I think it, it... I can't... I don't think there's anyone with big hair. No. I don't um, know uh, no. why,
2: why I've got this image of somebody with big hair.
1: I think Leslie Dunlop's in it, but I don't think she's got particularly big hair. Are you thinking of um, the Liverbird woman from uh, Kinder? Oh, I might and be. Nerys Hughes. Nerys Hughes. No issues? Maybe, uh, uh, maybe that is what I'm thinking generally. of. Yeah. Mm. No, I can't think of anyone with big hair. Other than, um, I mean, probably Peter Davison's got the longest hair in this uh, one. I'm
2: sure there's yeah. that, that there's some woman with, like, really... Big '80s hair. Oh
1: wow! I'm gonna have to. i have front. Yeah.
2: Oh, I know it when I see it. Yeah. The, the yeah. hair, not the person. I'm not calling the woman it, but you know, I, I'll know that hairdo when I see it. All right.
1: It worries me that this era of Doctor Who, the thing that stands out for you is a woman with big hair.
2: Yes. <laughs> rather than the monsters. Well, is that what I'm going to take away from it? I'll let's possibly, let's yes. find out in a week. All right. Yeah. Okie dokie then, Squire. All right, Good, stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Speak to you then. Then. No problem. Thanks. Cheers. Ben. In. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.